Even the child makes himself known by his acts, by whether his conduct is pure and bright, upright. Okay, and so children is a good example of how a person behaves. A person's basic nature is revealed early in life. Now, what does that tell us about what we see happening in our community and our society today? Uh, the Bible reminds us, train up a child in the way he should go. And what's the rest of the verse say? When he is old, he will do what? Not depart from it. So this, this verse is echoing that particular passage of scripture. Even a child, uh, children are known by the way they act, whether their conduct is pure or right. You can't bend a tree after it's, after it's grown, uh, we hear them say. And so the, the same thing is true, and this verse echoes that. Some children are absolutely bad-tempered, and just terrible. And if you allow them to stay that way, they're going to grow up that way, and they become a menace to society. And we see that happening right now. You know, the, the, the problem that you, we have... Uh, in terms of crime and violence, the blame goes all the way back to the parents who bring those children into the world and did not raise them according to the way the scripture tells us. You know, it gives me, it really irks me when I hear people on, on the radio, these talk shows talking about, um, talking about, uh, children should not be punished, they should not be disciplined, uh, uh, totally refuting the Bible that says, spare the rod, spoil the child. There's a reason why God says that. Okay, there's a reason why God says that. So these people out there saying that they know better than God. That's basically what they're saying. You know, God is very specific. And we see the problem that, that, that is happening in our society today uh, as a result of that. I have a... No, I coach baseball. I have a young man now, 14 years old, right? Mm-hmm. He talks about he wants to go away to college. I say, I mean, if you say something the wrong way to him, he wants to fight. I said, buddy, you there you go. There you go. See, that's that's exactly how this example right there. You're going nowhere, nowhere. And so some children have absolutely bad temper like that here. That's what you're talking about. And there are many like that. You know, you can't even look at them the wrong way. You know, they want to jump down your throat. And there are other children who are pleasant. But the point is, there's a saying that says, the child is a father to the man. In other words, a child carries their character into adulthood. Whatever the character they have in their childhood, they carry that right into adulthood, whether it's good or evil. And a lot of people don't realize that. You know, you, you, you bend a tree uh, while it is small. Because when it's grown up, you can't do anything with it. And they become a menace to society and a problem for the country. Okay, verse 12. Ears that hear and eyes that see. The Lord has made them both. Okay, do we see our eyes and our ears like that? Do we see them as belonging to God? Because that's what he's saying here. Okay, since it is the Lord who created our ears and our eyes, they belong to God. They actually belong to Him. And as a result, they should be used for God's glory. That's the basic point of what he's trying to convey here. And so we need to be careful of what we find ourselves desiring to listen to. And we need to be careful on how uh, we use our eyes, what we use our eyes for. 
there's some things that we should not be looking at, should not be viewing, and there's some things that we should not be listening to. However, the point is, however we use our ears and eyes, it ought to be done for the glory of God. That's the point uh, that Solomon is making here. And as simple as that sounds, that is not always the case in the lives of a lot of people, and, and uh, Christians included, sad to say. Uh, they say the, uh, the programs that, that are on television, that are in the movies, on the radios, you know, the things that we hear and the things that we see, we need to be cautious about that because uh, they are to be used, those, those things are to be used for God's glory. Verse 13. Do not love speech, or you will go forth. Stay awake, and you will have food to spare. Okay, Sister Brenda, what do your version say? If you, if you love speech, you will end in poverty. Keep your eyes open, and there will be plenty. Is that true or not? Yeah. We see that happening today, right? You see individuals in, in poverty and you wonder how they got like that. How they got there. This could be very well one of the reasons. Okay, get up. The point here is that, that, that Solomon is making the wisest man who ever lived. So take it from him. He knows what he's talking about. Okay, the Bible says there's no one as wise as him that has ever lived as wise as him and there's no one ever since him. Okay? So he's one of a kind. And this is what he says, in essence. God to this voice. Get up and go to work. Is what he is saying. And avoid overindulgence and sleep, or you will end up in the poorhouse. That's basically the bottom line. Get up and go to work. How many people you know who instead of going to work when they should, they sleep over time and go to work late? Okay, there are a lot of people who do that. Okay, the point he's making is get up, go to work, and do not overindulge and sleep. Or you'll end up in the poor house. And when the boss fired them, they wonder why. Okay, end up in the poor house. By working, what happens when we work? You earn money, right? You don't get money that you didn't earn. The key there is earn. You know, a lot of people who are making money and drawing paychecks who don't earn them. You realize that? I heard on the radio the other day, this fellow was talking about um, persons who are on the government payroll. And his words were, they go to Royal Bank every end of the month, they collect a paycheck that they did not work for. Okay? They're never on the job and they should be. And some of them, they are driving around in government vehicles, not doing what they're supposed to be doing, spending our tax dollars. And at the end of the month, they show up for their paychecks. I remember when I was working at the bank, um, shortly after uh, one of the elections, I was a teller, and this fellow came to, to, to me to cash. No, he didn't come to cash. He came to find out how much money on, was, is on account, is, was on his account. And I checked the balance when I gave him the amount, and he said, this can't be right. No, this can't be right. He just got paid. And I found he was a politician. Okay? He had just got, the election was just over, and he was expecting his first paycheck. Now, I don't know which ministry, what way he was involved, but he tried to pick... You tried to cause a fuss. It wasn't my fault. <laughs> Why are you making all this money? You need to go talk to the treasury. Okay? But I, the, the question that came to mind, I wonder if he was actually doing his job. Well, that's what he was saying. That, that the money wasn't posted yet. Okay? Or what he was expecting, he didn't get. Because he was thinking, the amount of what, what he saw when I gave it to him, it didn't look right to him. Alright? And now he may have been a, an MP... 
and the, and, a, and, a, and a cabinet minister, you know, the MPs get a salary, a base salary, and the, and the, and the cabinet minister get a little extra. So he may have been a cabinet minister, I don't know. But the point is, uh, there are a lot of people who are earning paychecks that they didn't work for. And what Solomon is saying is, listen, you go to work, you get up, you go to work, you do the job. When you earn the money, you'll be able to pay your bills, whether it's rent or your mortgage, you buy your groceries, your food or whatever, and, uh, and also give to the work of the Lord. Okay? That's the point that he's making. Sleep a lot, and you end up in the poorhouse. Verse 14. To buy him, to buy a hundreds over the price, saying it's greatness. Getting bribes about getting the value. Okay, now, any of this, any, any of you ever experienced this? Okay, you go to a store, or in a case, you said a fellow goes to buy a used car, and um, you're selling the car, and the fellow looks at the car, and he says, man, this car ain't no good. Look at all the scrapes and the scratches and the dents and and and, 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 and it sounds so bad when you start it up and and look at that paint color that's so ugly who would want a car that color okay you get all these complaints about the car and then you feel so bad that you say okay and then I'll give it to you for this amount and you lower the price okay he goes around he pays you the low price and then he goes around bragging to all his friends about what a what a good deal he got. Okay, that's the kind of person he's talking about here. And people do that all the time. Okay? Because they don't want to pay the price that you're asking. And so you see Solomon covers everything, eh? He covers everything. People are doing this, we call, we call them swindlers. They're doing this today. Right now as we speak, people are doing this. But Solomon addresses that. And he says, people haggle over the price. And then guess what? You're the one who will lose in the end. Okay, because he goes around and he tells people what a good deal is, and now he was able to swindle that fool out of his car, or out of whatever it is he sold, uh, you sold him. And so Solomon covers that too. Verse 15. There is gold and a multitude of holies, but the lips of knowledge are a precious jewels. Okay, verse 15. Okay. Wise words are more valuable than much gold and many rubies. Okay, so while a person may wear a lot of gold and jewelry and precious gems and and even though some of it may be cosmetic, uh, the best beautification is actually their wise words. The words of a wise person is actually their beauty is what Solomon is saying here. Okay, and so again, that's where wisdom comes in. Okay, we use the wisdom of God's word, and it's more beautiful than the outward appearance or our power. Verse 16. Take the garment of one who puts up security for a stranger. Hold it in pledge if he does it for a wayward woman. Okay, and again, this issue comes up again. And notice how many times this comes up in the Proverbs. Over and over and over again, he's talking about surety or standing uh, for somebody who wants to borrow money. That's the same thing, over and over again. And so it tells us, whenever someone repeats something, it tells us how important it is for us to get it, right? And so he says, get security from someone who guarantees a stranger's debt. Always get security. Okay, let them put up something. If they don't put up nothing, it don't mean anything to them if they're going to lose anything. Okay, get a deposit 
always get it for anyone who is fool enough to make financial guarantees for people that they don't know is a bad credit risk. And we have a lot of people like that today. If you have any dealings with such a person, make sure that they put up plenty of collateral so that you will be well protected in case they break their promise to pay or even goes bankrupt. The advice is especially essential if the stranger, and you shouldn't be standing over no stranger anyway, if the stranger is a dishonest person. Okay, and I can't imagine any person who would stand uh, security for somebody who is not honest. Okay, the fact that they're not honest is a yellow flag in the beginning. To start with, that's a red flag, not a yellow flag, that's a red flag. Okay, the person dishonest, that's a no-no. Don't even think about it. Okay? And so there again is some good advice. Now, you know, some people could come to you and they could, they could, they could sound so pitiful. I mean, it'll, it'll break your heart. But the person, that, if the person is dishonest, don't let them get to you. That's the problem that we have. Some people are so soft-hearted and they say, oh, I feel so sorry for him, you know, let me, let me go help him out. And that person ain't checking. They are swindling you. As soon as they get what they want, they don't care. They turn their back because they're not responsible. They're not accountable. You're the one that was in the loop. Anything they do, they don't do, you're going to be held accountable. And so you find yourself in many, uh, much misery as a result of doing that. Uh, do like the fellow who called his brother. He had some financial problems and he called his brother because his brother was, was, was well off. His brother um, worked hard saved his money, invested his money, put his money to work, and uh, he wasn't too gung-ho about all that being like his brother. So one time his brother called him and says they're having financial problems, and uh, he needed some help, and um, his wife said she was so disappointed when the brother showed up, instead of having a checkbook, he had a legal pad and a pencil. And uh, he came and he found said, now let me find out how you got in this problem in the first place. You know, tell me how much you make, and how would you spend and where you spend it? Okay? That's a person who knows what they're doing. Okay? You don't just come in the checkbook and give them a check without finding out how they got in the mess they got in in the first place. Because if you give them a check, nine times out of ten, next couple of months, they're going to be in the same situation again, and they're going to be calling you again to show up with your checkbook. Once they get what they want from you, they probably talk to you like a dog or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you gotta be doing all kind of things. Exactly. Money if you ever do get it. But exactly. Yeah. Well, I can't go into my wedding even family leave me behind. Because he, you see, because he know what kind of person you are. Yeah. You see, when you know a person works hard and they they, they spend their money wisely, you don't have a problem. Yeah, you know, you don't have a problem. But the, the thing is, the best advice the person could do was give him bring his, his, his legal part because he was telling them how not to get in that situation again. And that was the point that he was trying to make. Okay, uh, verse 16. No, uh, verse 17. Stolen bread tastes sweet, but it tends to grow in the mountain. <laughs> okay, now that dog, what, what's that talking about? When they get it, everything is good. But later on, it's time to pay up or whatever. Not really. Notice, what, what's, what's the first word? What's the first word in that? Stolen. That's the first word. 
stolen bread tastes sweet. Um, um, there's, a, there's a saying that says, that which is, is forbidden is most desired. Same thing. Okay, any kind of wealth acquired or achieved dishonestly may bring you some brief satisfaction. Tastes sweet at the beginning. But eventually, it'll prove distasteful and irritating. Like a mouthful of gravel. That's what he's saying. Okay? Uh, so this, this proverb is, is... This proverb condemns uh, a couple of things. That people are, have a habit of doing or, 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 or does without even thinking. It condemns lying on tax forms. You know, you go to the states and you buy, spend all that money buying all that stuff. When you come back, the man, the customer will ask him, you spend, oh, I only spent $300. And he can look at the stuff and see that's $1,000 worth of goods. Okay? Lying on the tax, tax forms. Um, skirking expenses is another one. Bribing inspectors. People come to, to, to inspect your building, uh, and, uh, you know when they up to, what, up to code, uh, but you say, man, that, that's only a little thing, man. Let, let, let that, let that slide. Let me give you a couple of dollars to let that slide. You know? People do that all the time. I remember one morning on my way to work, mm-hmm. I um, came from behind the traffic, and the beast, I didn't see him, and he was right on the side, and he pulled me over. And my first word to him, officer, I am good, you know, I'm wrong. <laughs> and, you know, he gave me a break because I yeah, was honest. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. You try to say, man, I do that? So oh, yeah? Okay. Write your ticket. Because he saw you with his own two eyes. And, and then there's this dishonest labeling. Ever went to the store and you pick up an item and have two prices on it? Dishonest labeling. And advertising products that don't exist. I saw uh, on the highway, they, this car place had a sign, new cars arrive in five days. And that sign was up there for more than five days. <laughs> no new cars was there. Now, he may have been expecting those cars in five days. But after, when he put that sign up and says five days, the next day, that number should have been reduced to four days. And then three days and two days. So that's deceptive advertising right there. That, that's something you probably didn't think about. But that's one of the things that, it, that, that this verse addresses. Stolen bread tastes sweet. <coughs> Whenever you get that stolen, it feels good, it tastes good, it looks good at the beginning because you think you got a deal. But then in the end, it proves distasteful and irritating, like a mouthful of sand. Verse 18. Plans are established by counsel. By wise guidance, wage war. Okay. Plans, plans, plans. You're only successful when you make plans. They say, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And people say that that happens all the time. Unless you sit down and put pen to paper and plan how you're going to do something, it's not going to turn out well. A lot of people like to do things hit and miss. Some idea pops in the head and they just go out and, and try to do it. And I heard someone told me a story, uh, uh, incident the other day of a person who uh, started baking and making cupcakes. And, uh, and things were going so good, they decided to open a business. But guess what? They didn't do any planning. And shortly after that, they had to close the business down, out of business, because they didn't plan. They didn't plan. Okay? Plan is important. It is most advantageous 
uh, to pool advice before making any kind of plans. In other words, no military general that I know of prepares for war without consulting military experts. Um, Obama have a, a National Security Council. <clears throat> and anytime they're confronted with issues of war and anything like that, he goes and he's, he's the president, the most powerful man in the world. But he got to go and sit down and listen to them fellas and listen to the advice that he gives them. Not because he's the most powerful man in the world, he can do whatever he feels like doing. Okay, he doesn't know everything. He's got to go and sit down and listen to the military experts. He tells them, if you do this, this is what's going to happen. You can't do this because you don't have that. Okay, and we see the situation that's happening in the U Ukraine right now. Uh, Russia's being the big bad bully. Okay, they go in and they take the military. I saw the news the other day, we're going and taking the, the, um, the emblems off the military armament. And the soldiers standing around, they can't do nothing. Because they, Russia is so big, they can't retaliate. They're like a little speck in the sun when it comes to Russia. Okay, but no one makes plans for war without consulting military. So the, the problem is, the point is, he's make, <coughs> the point he's making is, if you're making any kind of plans, and you don't, you're not an expert in what you want to do, go talk to some people, get some advice. Talk to some people who know, who have been in the business, who have been successful at what they're doing, and get their advice, and listen. You know, many times we get people advice and we don't listen to them? Because we already have our minds made up before we go to them for the advice. Okay, but make sure, have an open mind. You go get the advice, you listen to the advice, listen to the person's track record, and make your decisions, your plans based on that. And that's good advice from a king. Well, nine thousand out of ten, he did that many times. Solomon was the only king who reigned without military issues. He had the most peaceful reign of all the kings. Now, you know, he did some things that were unorthodox to be able to do that, like, you know, marrying all the, 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 the wives, the daughters of the of his enemies, so that they won't come to war with him. Okay? And that's why he did it. That's why he had 300 wives and a thousand sweethearts. Because whenever he was confronted with war, he said, you know what? I'll marry your daughter. And he, in, in a father in law go to war with, with the son-in-law. Yeah, right? Uh, David married Saul's daughter and see her name. That's you. Exactly. clean up the so take this good advice from a man who knows what it is to ensure uh, that when you make plans they will succeed. Verse 19. The gossip betrays your confidence. Okay. Now what does that tell us? Who does that tell us to avoid? Gossipers. And it's amazing how we just don't get it. You know a person is talk a lot. And you go and you tell them your business and expect that they're going to keep that a secret. I mean, you know the record. You know the kind of person they are. And you're going to go and tell them, say, now listen, don't say nothing to nobody about this. I mean, it's just like talking to the men. Okay? The fact that you have to tell them not to tell anybody means that you have an idea that they can tell someone. To tell them like gossip. Oh, 
<laughs> so a person who tends to gossip tends to be disloyal about keeping any kind of anything confidential. You can't tell them nothing that you don't want the world to know. Because as soon as you tell them, and, and, and the key word is, don't tell nobody this. That's the key word. When they hear, don't tell nobody, what they're hearing, they're not actually hearing, don't tell. They're hearing, well, go tell everybody. You know, and as soon as you tell them that, they get on, well, child, I'm going to tell you what sister so-and-so just told me. Did you know this? Don't tell chatterers, the Bible calls them. You never see a sign on a well-kept lawn saying don't people. That's right. That's true. <laughs> but people jump anyway. On a well-kept lawn saying don't people. So you have to know who the gossip is. That's right. See, and, and remember this now. Remember this. And we're going to stop with this because time is about gone. Remember this. If you talk, if they talk to you about people, Nine chances out of ten, they can talk to people about you. Just how they talk to you about somebody else, they're going to talk to somebody else about you. And that's what that's what Solomon is saying. A gospel, they don't keep no secrets. Don't tell none of them your business. Unless you don't want the world to know it. Amen?